All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Happy Hump Day. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. That's Wednesday, October 4th. 2023 just in case you didn't know what day it was today we are uh, one week from the uh, Oilers season opener they will be on the road in Vancouver and then of course uh, they play the Canucks again at home on Saturday the 14th the uh, Oilers taking on the Flames tonight we'll get to that and uh, we know who's we know for sure some of the guys who are in the lineup in case you are uh, going to tonight's game or uh, maybe you want to go to tonight's game, we uh, we could send you. We'll see. It is the Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Alberta's only regulated online gambling website where, hey, do you believe in the Jays? Can they come back? Well, if you uh, if you are a believer, go to PlayAlberta.ca. The uh, the Jays at PlayAlberta.ca are. Uh, the underdog in game two against the Twins, 2.19. So maybe uh, maybe you're feeling lucky. Also, you look at the uh, the Jays did not get off to the start they wanted. And now we'll see what, uh, what happens. Uh, Tampa Bay, they lost yesterday, and they are trailing 1-0 uh, early on. Arizona. The number six seed did get the win on the road. And uh, Phillies at home, not a huge surprise. I think a lot of people had the Phillies as a pretty big favorite in that series against Miami. They are up one nothing. So, hey, it's day two, and there's four teams facing elimination already. And that's what happens in a best of three. I, some people are like, well, Gregor, it's not playoffs. It's a best of three. I'm like, did you say that about the orders when they played Montreal in the early 80s? That best of three aren't playoffs? Hmm. I think they're playoffs. NFL's one game. Best of three to me is playoffs. Uh, why are people trying to downplay it all of a sudden? I don't get it. I'm uh, rather perplexed. So Tampa, Toronto, Milwaukee, and Miami. The T's and the M's. Who's going to be in? Who's going to be out? Let us know. You can always text us 833-401-1440 in our Jiffy Lube inbox. Texas there. Leave us your thoughts. We already got lots coming in already, which is great. The orders lineup. Here's what I know for sure. McDavid, Dreisaitl, 
Kane, Nugent Hopkins, Hyman, Brown, they're all in. Expect the uh, the Kane, McDavid, Brown line, Nugent Hopkins, dry settle Hyman line. Doesn't mean they'll stay that way all game, but I think so. Jay Woodcroft talked about getting his first unit power play together, which obviously would include dry settle McDavid, Hyman, Kane, or one or the other, Nugent Hopkins, and then, of course, Evan Bouchard. So Bouchard and Nurse will play. I know that Derek Ryan and Vincent DeHarnay are two of the healthy scratches tonight. Uh, DeHarnay's already played five of the first six preseason games. He doesn't need to play everyone, so he's not going to go tonight. And uh, Derek Ryan, obviously uh, not necessary for him to play tonight. I would expect both of them in the lineup on Friday. So Ryan McLeod, good news, order fans. He did skate today with the main group. He's getting closer. He's not going to play tonight, but could see him on Friday in his first preseason game. According to uh, Morgan Fodel, there has been some lighthearted barbs saying, hey, McLeod, chop, chop. Let's go. So if I look at the other, with McLeod out and Derek Ryan out, that leaves Lane Peterson and Brad Malone as two centers. So I would assume they're a center in the third and fourth line. You have Holloway and Fogle. Would they be with Peterson and he's just holding Ryan McLeod's spot? Very likely. And then that would leave Ernie, Lavoie, and Yanmark. And... I, I think Lavoie is going to play, so I think it's one of Ernie or Yanmark who is out. On the back end, uh, it's a little bit more up the air. Cody Cece hasn't played a home game yet, so do they want to play him at home today or do they wait until Friday? Maybe they wait and they get him and Kulak back in together on Friday. We'll see. Kulak's not going to play tonight. Ekholm obviously is not going to play. Dare Harnay is not going to play. So that leaves seven D-men, so that just means one of Cece, Broberg, Camp, Nima Linen, Deneen, one of them won't go tonight for the Edmonton Order. Stuart Skinner will get his third and final preseason start tonight for the Edmonton Orders. So the Orders still have four to three defensemen that they have to uh, get rid of. We're probably assuming that it's going to be Deneen, Gleason, and Kemp. You look at uh, Rodrigue and Pickard as goaltenders. And then up front, there is. When McLeod's healthy, there's 15 forwards. They're only going to start with 12. So three of Malone, Ernie, Lavoie, and Peterson. Three of those four will be uh, put on waivers, barring injury between now and uh, the waiver wire deadline, which is uh, next Monday. So there you go. If you're going to the game tonight, you will see the order's top guys. The Calgary Flames, on the other hand, eh, not really bringing uh, a big lineup by any stretch of the imagination. All right, you look, uh, none of their top six forwards uh, look to be playing. Their lineup includes uh, Sharon Govich with Ruziska and Dubé, Klapka, uh, Schmidt and Dewar, Siona Hunt and Pospisil, Hanzek, Zari, and uh, Pedersen on defense. Osterly, Zadorov, Poirier and Gilbert, Solovov and... Uh, now, I don't even, is it uh, D. Simone? I think it's D. Simone or D. Simon. I think it's D. Simone. And then, of course, uh, Dan Vladar will get the start in goal. So, Vladar, I guess uh, he's excited to say, okay, I'm probably going to get a lot of shots. Probably going to have to face some quality chances. We'll see how he does. You know, there's there's him and Dustin Wolf battling for the backup job. And Wolf, of course, has been excellent two years in the American League. Some would say he's got nothing left to prove there. And you could be fair, you could be accurate. But he doesn't require waivers. I don't think Calgary is going to want to put Dan Vladar on waivers and lose him for nothing. So, now maybe they will. He does make two mil. So, maybe they would consider it. I'm not sure. Hey, guys. The order's website has Calvin Pickard. Uh, Calvin Pickard's not starting. I can tell you it's Stuart Skinner starting. 100% Stuart Skinner starting. It's not, I don't know if, if what, if, because Calvin Pickard's name is listed on it, and the orders don't have the full lineup. They just have the eight defensemen, the 13 forwards that I listed, and they have two goalies. But trust me, Stuart Skinner is starting. I can tell you that. They're not going to have Stuart Skinner not start a game or Jack Campbell leading up to uh, the season opener. We know Calvin Pickard's not going to play here. Why it doesn't make any sense for them to uh to start him, right? At all. So. 
Hey, boys, how do I get one of those sports 1440 hats? That's a good question. Good question. Um, we had some ideas. You know, some will be giveaways. And uh, then the others, you might just make a, a purchase of 25 bucks, get you the hat, but all the money goes to charity. That's uh, that's what I think we might do. It's hard to buy a hat for 25 bones now. Very difficult. So you can see the hat if you like right now on our Orders Nation YouTube channel where we have the show if you're watching. Make sure you hit the subscribe button if you go there. But uh, Connor has the white one on. I have the royal blue one. And they're looking rather sharp, if I do say so myself. So there we go. Hey, guys, do you think there's anybody on the waiver wire that would interest him to notice? I don't see, again, if they pick up anybody on the waiver wire, like there's no defenseman. They're not They're not going to pick up a defenseman just to send Philip Broberg down to the minors. Like, I, I'd be stunned if that happened. So then forward-wise, if they pick up anybody on waivers, that because the, they got to be on the 23-man roster, then for sure you're wavering Raphael Lavoie, unless you think they're going to shock everybody and wave Derek Ryan or Matthias Janmark. Right? Like, I don't, again, I'd be surprised. Right? Like, Matthias Janmark, I know. I know he started last year in the minors. Didn't really do much in, in preseason. Right? Was, so I think it's a little bit different this season. Last year, he had a good year in Edmonton. So, yeah, I, I don't... I think the waiver wire is often very overhyped by people. Remember, look at Ottawa fans were losing their mind. Oh, my goodness. Terrible asset management. They're going to lose Docker. They're going to lose all the... No, neither one got claimed. Both their young guys went through waivers uh, yesterday and are in Belleville now in the American League. So I think at times every fan base and some media people in that city are guilty of overrating the person who goes on waivers and be like, well, everybody's going to claim him. I will say this, though. Edmonton is a legit cup contender. Being put on waivers by the orders is different than being, you know, not making the orders doesn't mean you can't make Anaheim or some of the other bottom feeder teams that the orders used to be. Right? It's very different now. So uh, we'll see how it goes in, uh, in that regard. Today on the program, got a loaded show for you, as always. Uh, that uh, Matt Vernaram will uh, join us, talk some uh, NFL football, big week coming up. Oof. The uh, I'll say this about the uh, Thursday nighter tomorrow. You might want to consider dressing some Washington commanders against the Bears. Now, I don't, I don't know who your starting quarterback is. You probably don't need to add their quarterback, but if you were ever thinking about it, like the Bears just gave up a lot of points to Denver who couldn't score to save their life. I shouldn't, well, I shouldn't say they couldn't score to save their life. Russell Wilson had, had, uh, averaged about two touchdown passes per game, which isn't terrible at all. So, um, but Washington, oof. if you've got, uh, some of their receivers or running backs, I might really strongly consider putting them in the lineup, uh, tomorrow night. There are some games, uh, my, oh my goodness, like how, which Miami player wouldn't you dress? Against the Giants right now in fantasy. Oh, my goodness. They're going to crush it. Same with Detroit. And what about Montgomery? Can this last? Montgomery's killing it. But he's basically like Jamal Williams was last year, Connor Halley. Remember him? He was just a touchdown machine. Didn't he have like 16 touchdowns or something stupid last year? Yeah, led the league in rushing touchdowns. Eckler had it total touchdowns. But for sure, Jameer Gibbs, fantasy owner, is probably in a in a little bit of confusion right now. What's he going to be doing? I know he's getting no love in the red zone. So it looks like Montgomery's the guy there. Gregor also the Chargers, sending J.C. Jackson back to the Patriots, and the Broncos releasing Randy Gregory. So what are you, a busy day. What do you make of J.C. Jackson trade? On YouTube? See ya. He was awful. He was terrible. Chargers lost that week one game by two points. Uh, he gave the Dolphins a free field goal at the end of the first. Uh, free field goal at the end of the first half was pretty big. Uh, not he he wasn't made for the Chargers system. I don't think he had some injury problems in year one. Tried to battle back. It just wasn't working out. Okay. And he was been a healthy scratch for a couple of weeks. So uh, classic Bill Belichick move, right? Let the guy go get paid, then bring him in for a sixth round pick. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's probably best for both sides that J.C. Jackson moves on from the Chargers. All right. Okay. Uh, it's also who is it Wednesday today? 
So on uh, on Who Is It Wednesday, our guest today has, uh, well, he spent 13 years in the NHL, but he's been around the NHL for much longer. Okay, that's one hint. Number two, he has the fifth most goals from his draft class. Which, you know, pretty good, I would say. He's also a multiple Stanley Cup winner. Those are our first three hits for a Who Is It Wednesday, which, of course, happens every Wednesday at 3 o'clock right here on Sports 1440 or live on Orders Nation YouTube. If you think you know who it is, send us a guess. Usually by the, when we give our second and third rounds of hints, somebody always figures it out, which is good. So... If you think you know who it is, let us know. Hey, guys, a lot of people are speculating the Bears might fire Matt uh, Eberfless if Chicago loses on uh, Thursday. Well, I guess. Why, I guess, would be my question. If you know the season's done, why would you fire him, bring someone else in, and suddenly you win four or five games and you don't get the first overall pick? Like, maybe that's a loser mentality on my part, but I don't know if it's just coaching. It's it's easy to want to blame one individual. To me, this issue seems much bigger than one individual. That's where I would come out on this. They're just, they're not very good. So, um, you know, you, you could fire, you can fire your GM, you can fire your coach, you can fire your head scout, you can change your quarterback. The Bears, they got a lot of problems. Don't you think, Cons? They do. They do. They tried to throw a lot of money into that defense in this offseason as well, which we'll see could come back to haunt them if, if it does not perform. I don't know if Matt Eberhus is the guy uh, as you want as your head coach. Obviously, it hasn't been a very good start. It's looking back at it, the Matt Nagy years were even better than this. But I'm with you. You know, <laughs> you, you're in a tough division. You're not going to win it. At 0-4, you're, you're basically done. So why not ride it out? Maybe you get to week you know, week six or seven, or before the trade deadline, you sell off Justin Fields. That could be a thing. And they do have two first-round picks coming up here. And if they do have that first overall pick, you know, obviously Caleb Williams is the guy out at USC. Well, and not just two first-rounders, dude. Like, they got Carolina's yeah, pick. Yeah, it could be top like, five. Could be one, two. Could have two top three <laughs> so, picks at the rate they're going. So, really, I mean, if you were in that situation and you draft Caleb Williams and then, hypothetically, you look at Marvin Harrison Jr. out of Ohio State, like, that would be a dream. And I, I would think, even though people have said that Caleb Williams could stay at USC for a senior year, uh, the opportunity to go to an offense like that would be pretty tempting, playing in Chicago. Uh, they haven't had much quarterback success in their history. Uh, some some tough names and guys that have had tough careers going to Chicago. But, yeah, I don't I don't know what Eberflus firing him does at this point. Who are you going to bring in? Or what are you trying to accomplish at that point? It's only been a year. I, I think he let him ride it out. And if you keep on losing, he's gone. And you, know, you, you go from there. We got a few guesses. Hey, guys, what about Sam Gagne? Also, congrats on the show in the station, Gregor. Great to hear you back in the airwaves. You're definitely missed on my radio. That one comes in from Darren. Nice. Well, thanks, Darren. We appreciate that. That's great. Uh, Sam Gagne, good guess. Incorrect. So, not uh, Sam Gagne, although he would be a very good guest to get on Who Is It Wednesday. I think a future who is it Wednesday guest? For sure. But uh, not today's guest. Hey, uh, what about Ray Whitney from Mill Creek Dog Walker? I like the hashtag, Mill Creeker. Uh, Ray Whitney, heck of a player. Now, there was a guy who was a very good waiver wire pickup. Right? And when he was placed on waivers, the owners had... Back then, you know, a little bit different time. Now you kind of just went, hey, they had Waite and Arnett as their top two centers, and he wasn't going to play here. Got on waivers, and man, his career took off. It was outstanding to see. Outstanding. And with over a 1,000 games played, man. It was awesome. Let's take a quick break. We will return. we we'll get uh, some hockey and NFL talk in our number one of the Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca, live on Sports 1440 and Orders Nation YouTube.
Rolling through a lovely Wednesday afternoon on Sports 1440. It is the Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Hope you are having an awesome day. Maybe you're going to the game tonight. Enjoy it. Uh, you will see all the orders. Top two lines. Uh, Nurse and Bouchard are in. Skinner is in for sure. Uh, we're not 100% sure on who's going to be the second and third pairings. We know DeHarnay is not playing. Ekholm's not playing. Kulak's not playing. Up front, Ryan McLeod is out. Derek Ryan is out. And that means that one other forward will get the night off for the Edmonton Oilers. And then, of course, they have their final preseason game against Seattle on Friday. And then a week today, they drop the puck on another season against the Vancouver Canucks in Vancouver. Let's get to the NFL report now brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling Home of the No Payments. No interest for one year on your furnace Stay warm all winter at LegacyHeating.ca. And it is uh, another week. There's never ending storylines in the NFL. And from Sports Illustrated, Matt uh, Verderam joins us once again. Matt, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Well, I'm great. My question is, how many points? Is, like, are we talking 30 points minimum for Washington tomorrow against this uh, Bears defense? What are you thinking? I got to tell you, the way this thing's going, uh, all things are possible. You were just talking about hockey. I mean, at this point, if you're in Chicago, you were waiting for Connor Bedard because uh, there is nothing else to be excited about. Uh, but Connor Bedard might be worth the wait, so we'll see. Um, yeah, I think Washington, like Sam Howell, actually has been pretty aggressive throwing the ball down the field. And the problem for Washington is it's sacked, I believe it's 24 times, yeah. which is impossible. I mean, you're talking that he's on a rate to be sacked. Something like what, what would it be? It'd be 102 times this season. Um, but the Bears can't get home. They can't get any pressure. They can't do anything. So it seems like an ideal matchup for the Commanders, who obviously are two and two, and they're trying to get right. They've lost a couple games here. Um, the Bears are just a disaster. I, I, other than just Howell throwing the game away, I, I don't see a scenario where the Bears win. Maybe they keep it close. Maybe they do enough offensively where they you know, keep it like 30 to 23 or something. But I, I don't, I don't foresee them winning. And then the whole question becomes: Does Eberflus survive if they lose on Thursday night? Well, and that's my question about uh, Eberflus. So you could fire the coach. I'm not sure he's the, like, it's not a one person issue here, right? So uh, he wasn't the guy who traded Khalil Mack, who just rounded up. You mentioned they can't get to the to the quarterback, and uh, he just had six sacks. So like the issues in Chicago, man. Like the only good thing for them is they're going to have two top five picks most likely. Right? And then obviously they got to make him count. But like, what's your thoughts on on getting rid of him? What does it actually? What would it achieve other than just give people like their ounce of, of flesh or pound of flesh that they might need? Yeah, nothing. It accomplishes nothing. Uh, we just uh, Gilberto Manzano and I, Gilberto being one of the, the writers over at SI as well with me, we talked about this in our podcast today. Like, I don't, I don't think it accomplishes anything. Like, we both kind of kind of felt the same way. I mean, yeah, you sure you can fire Eberflus, you can get rid of him. And who the heck's coming in to replace him? It's going to be Luke Getze? Because I don't think that's exactly the most inspiring thing that's ever happened in, in, in Chicago sports history. And they don't have a defensive coordinator right now. Eberflus is a defensive coordinator. So what are you doing? Who's, who's taking the reins here? I, I almost think at this point you're better off to saying, look, he's coaching the rest of the year, period. That's what's happening. And if we go 2-15, they fired. And if, if you're that bad, you're going to have, you would think, that a one overall pick. And you're going to be able to draft Caleb Williams. And at that point, you can then dangle this job and say, hey, we're going to have Caleb Williams on a rookie deal five years. And you get to live in the third largest city in the United States. And we have all this additional cap space. Come coach the Bears. But the reality is, you know, everybody can blame me. I'm based outside Chicago. I, I hear all this stuff every day. The reality is, this is an ownership on down problem. The Bears have stunk at hiring coaches, at hiring general managers, at figuring out who the quarterback is for decades. I mean, this isn't new. This is like a post-Mike Ditka problem where they have never gotten this right yeah. with to some degree uh, Lovey Smith notwithstanding. So it, it's just an organizational failure over and over and over. You know, Justin Fields, he actually had a decent game against Denver, but a, a lot of people say, well, it's Denver, and, and that's fair. Um, yeah. you know, it was yeah. one of the best passing games of his career, but what have you seen in his progress development? Uh, is it on him? Is it on the play, Colin? Is it on the O-line? What do you make of it? 
Yeah, I think it's a combination. It's all the above, right? I mean, the offensive line has not been particularly good. Uh, you know, they're trying to get him to play differently. And, and, and look, they've taken a lot of heat locally for that. I'm sure, you know, some nationally, of course, as well. But they have to get Fields to win more in a conventional fashion from the pocket. It doesn't mean he's got to just be a, a Kirk Cousins, right, where he takes three to five steps and throws the ball. But everything can't be he's going to run for 1,200 yards and they're going to feel great about that. I mean, he did that last year. They went 3-14. and 14. So you need him to win from the pocket more and win in a more structured passing attack on a regular basis, and that's why they went out and they got DJ Moore, and that's why they went out and got Chase Claypool. Now, Claypool has been an unmitigated disaster. That, that's a whole other story. But, yeah, look, it's, it's the fact that other than Moore, this team just has nobody who they can reliably throw the ball to. Komet and Mooney are decent players, but they're not guys you look at and game plan around. And the, the offensive line has been subpar. The, the, the play calling has been geared toward playing fields in a way where he's not comfortable playing. And all of it adds up to a team that is in complete disarray and frankly, you'll look at and think you're going to have a really hard time seeing him win more than three games this season. It's interesting what you mentioned about Fields because we had the Seahawks quarterback coach, Kerry Joseph, on the program yesterday. And he talked about how when he played, he hated when a coach, you know, you'd go all week and maybe ask you to, to make a certain throw and you couldn't do it. And then come game time, he'd call the play. And you're like, what? I haven't been able to complete that all week. Why would you ask me to do it? So yeah. you look at the Bears, and that's where I think it's, what do you do? I'm not, sh- I can't just blame the quarterback. Every, you know what Justin Fields is good at. So game plan around what he's good at rather than trying to make him play to his weaknesses. I, I agree. I mean, look, at some point to succeed on a real level, he's going to have to learn how to, how to win in a more conventional way along with being able to run for a lot of yards sure. and being able to move. Uh, that being said, though, to your point, uh, look, at some point, did you, did you not see him in training camp? Like, did you not see him in OTAs? Did you not understand that this wasn't going to work? And if you if you did what what you were just outlining, and, and just, they just said, "Hey, the heck with it," we're going to ask them to. It's like if you ask the Oilers to just decide all of a sudden, "Hey, guys, listen, we're going to play the trap now, and we're going to win every game two to one." <laughs> yes, yeah, because that's the way we want to play. You'd be like, "That's nice. That's not going to work, right?" I mean, there are certain teams and certain players that they're not going to fit a certain little box that you want them to fit in. And I think the Bears are trying to get Fields to do something that, as you point out, it clearly is not working. Matt Verderam joins us uh, talking all things NFL. Matt, what do you make of the Bengals? I don't think there's been a bigger disappointment to start the season. And I get that Joe Burrow's coming off the injury, but if, he's, if he can't play, yep. then put someone else in there. But, like, it's not that they can't play. They can't do anything offensively. Like, their offense in two of those games was borderline just offensive. Oh, it wasn't borderline. <laughs> it was it was offensive. Um, they've scored three offensive touchdowns in four games. Oh. They can't do anything. And if you look at Burrow's numbers, I don't care. Pick a number. Pick any of them. Yards per attempt, passing yardage, uh, touchdowns, QBR. He's in the bottom five in everything. Yeah. He's been awful. And, again, I don't even blame Burrow. Like Burrow's clearly just – a shell of who he normally is. And if you watch the games, and I've watched every snap he's taken this year, he has no base. He can't throw. He's he's fading away. He's not driving off this right foot and right calf. He, that's why everything's short, and every time he throws the ball deeper to the outside, it just sails. And if it gets there, it's a rainbow. He can't drive the football. And the other problem is, and frankly the bigger problem, he can't protect himself. He can't move. I mean, the Titans in that game just teed off on him over and over and over with these interior blitz packs just because they knew he wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. I don't understand if you're Cincinnati. What is the point of all this? You're not winning with him playing the way he's playing. I wouldn't be surprised if they lose to Arizona this weekend. Dobbs has played better than Burroughs played this year. <laughs> so, you're. I mean, to me, if I were the Bengals, I'd sit him the next two games, Cardinals, Seahawks, and then I'd say, all right, look. We're going we're gonna to bring him back after the bye week, which comes after the Seattle game, and you give him a month. And hopefully if you're Cincinnati, you win one of those games, you're 2-4, and four, you hope you get healthy. But to play him like this is ridiculous. He's at a huge risk of injury, and he can't play. It's not, it's not like he's at a risk of injury and he's playing great. He, nothing's working. So, yeah, I'm with you. The Bengals right now are in about the worst way possible with Burrow. Like, is Jake Browning that bad that they don't even want to give him a try? I got to tell you, I was at training camp as part of my camp tour, with, and I saw the Bengals, and I saw Jake Browning. Yeah. 
I understand why the Bengals don't want to turn to Jake Brown. Okay. Um, at the same point, here's my qualm about this. Teddy Bridgewater was available for weeks yeah. after Burrow got hurt. Why didn't you go sign Teddy Bridgewater? You're going to tell me Bridgewater couldn't make, get, have this team 500 without Burrow? Yeah. I, I don't believe that for two seconds. I mean, I don't understand what the thought process was. Like, did they just think all summer – well, Burrow's going to be back by week one and be fine. I mean, even if they thought that, and they were, they were very coy about it all summer, you try to understand what their thinking is, it's hard to. Even if they thought that, don't you think you'd want a, big, a better insurance policy than a guy who's never played an NFL game? I just, I don't understand what it was. And now you're to a point where, you know, they were two and two. If they were even, you know, certainly three and one or better, maybe they would sit in for a few weeks. But now they almost can't. Now you're to a point where you've got to win some of these games. And I, I just think it's all gone downhill. They know Mixon and Boyd are gone after this year. Higgins is a free agent after this year. This is a huge year for the Bengals, and it has been a nightmare to this point. What's interesting, as you mentioned, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Matt, is you look at how many games are started by backups last year. There was 141 games started started by backups, not even including, you know, like Aaron Rodgers this year, even though it was three minutes, he would technically be considered a starter right. in, in that game. And so that's a lot of time, right? And you have 72 different guys played quarterback. And there's so many teams that are just like, okay, we got our starter. We're going to invest nothing into our backup, even though the numbers will tell us the odds are we're going to have to have them for at least a few starts every year. It's kind of mind blowing to me. I mean, think about over the last handful of years, how valuable backup quarterbacks have been to Super Bowl teams. I think about the Chiefs. Well, think about the playoff game last year with Chad Henney driving them 98 yards against Jacksonville and Mahomes was getting x-rayed. Yeah. You know, and, and a few years before that, when Mahomes got hurt in Denver and Matt Moore came in and won two games for him, and it was a difference between getting a bye and not getting a bye. Like, it does matter. And to your point, 141 games, I mean, heck, if you do quick, simple math, that's over four games per team on average. To not have, listen, I understand that if you're a team that you're not good and maybe you're just investing in other spots, you go, you know what, listen, it, it doesn't make sense for us to put $10 million into a backup. Okay, I get that. If you're a competitive team, how do you not have any plan at backup? Like, like Sam Darnold's not great, but he's a good backup. Mm-hmm. Blaine Gabbert's not great, but he's a good backup. Gardner Minshew, who was with the Eagles for the last couple years, very good backup. Okay, now they have Mariota. How are you the Bengals, and you have no plan whatsoever? Not, and by the way, the, the, the Bills have also fallen into this category with Matt Barkley. Like, how do you have nobody who can win a football game behind these quarterbacks? I mean, even if it's your two weeks, that could be the difference between a one and a five seed. It, I agree. It's a, it's a complete oversight. Yeah, it's uh, – I don't get it. One last one for you. When you look ahead um... – you know, Miami, I guess uh, they got the best uh, possible bounce back for them. But what do you make of that game last week in Miami and, you know, quite the flex by the Bills? Yeah, look, we've seen the Bills do this before. And that's something they away from the win. The win was incredible. They, they're averaging 41 points over the last three games. They're, they're second in points allowed defensively. Uh, although they are 28th in yards per play allowed defensively, which is bizarre considering how good they've been points-wise. But the Bills look great. My question with Buffalo is just going to be, what does it look like in January? Because at this point, you know what the Bills can do in the regular season. It's all about proving it here as we, we come down the stretch in a few months. Miami, I picked the Bills in this game because I, I felt like Miami just couldn't stop. Now, I didn't expect them to score 48 points. But this is the problem Miami's going to face. When you play teams that don't have offensive fire, firepower near the Dolphins, but you're, you're, going to, you're going to win the game. right? Yeah. You're just going to outscore these teams. The problem becomes when you play the Bills – when you play Kansas City, those teams can stop you occasionally. Those teams aren't going to give up 35-plus points. And so you've got to get off the field against the Allens of the world, against the Mahomes of the world. And right now, Miami, I have no confidence they can do it. It's a long season. I think Fangio's an excellent coordinator. He's got a lot of work to do because that defense is going to be their Achilles heel here if it doesn't get right. Matt, great stuff, my man. Uh, we appreciate one last one for you. Is there anybody that you look at, any matchup that you see a good underdog this weekend that you feel like, hey, you know what? Here's an upset coming. You know, I'm trying to get the whole schedule in my head real quick. I, I would say, I don't know that I feel like it's an upset coming, but Jacksonville, that's mm. a weird spot for Buffalo. 
you know, the re- like part of the reason I picked Buffalo last week was the Dolphins scored 70 points against Denver. And, like, you're never going to play better than that, right? Yeah. The Bills now, like, you're never going to play better than the way they played last week. Now you've got to go to Europe for what is essentially, if, uh, technically, is a home game. Yeah. And you're playing a Jaguars team that's already over there that is very comfortable playing in England. Mm-hmm. And a team that needs to win a little bit more, plus the unfortunate loss of Tredavious White. Yeah. How does that affect Buffalo's defense? I. I wonder if this is one of those games where everybody goes, man, the Bills are just going to roll again. And then all of a sudden, you go, wow, what, the, what happened? 27-23 Jacksonville. I, I would not be shocked if Jacksonville finds a way to win that game. And what about the Cowboys-San Fran? Uh, looks like maybe the game of the week. Uh, you know, San yeah. Fran's defense has been good, but hasn't been as dominant as you would expect, and Dallas's defense is ridiculous right now. So uh, what do you make of that game? I think it's a very good game. I think, I think. look, it's three and a half over on SI Sportsbook. I believe the Cowboys are going to cover the spread. I'm picking the Niners, but I'll say this. You know, one of the mistakes so many teams make when they play really good fronts and really good defenses, they don't want to go down the field. And part of that is, like, you don't have as much time, obviously. But if you're Dallas in this game, you've got to challenge those corners on the Niners. Like, Javarius Ward's a good player, but they're, they're not great corners. You've got to take your shots in this game with Lamb and Cook. Stretch the field make the Niners defend deep down the field. And I think if you do that, that opens up a lot of that underneath stuff. Then you keep them off balance. Prescott and McCarthy in this game, they've got to be willing to take the shots on the other side of it. If you're the Cowboys, I'm packing in 10 yards and in, and I'm making Purdy beat me over my head. And if he does it, he does it. Fine, tip your cap, move on. But I think you've got to put a lot of dime looks out there. If they want to run the ball, let them. Make them beat you by running the ball 40 times in the game and hitting a couple of deep shots. I'm not giving up those crossers to to Samuel and Ayuk and Kittle where they just kill you on those yards after the catch. Matt, as always, man, we appreciate it. Thanks for it. Uh, Enjoy the weekend in the NFL. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. Take care. That is Matt Verderam. Hey, I mixed in a little bit of hockey's all up in Bedard in Chicago. Hey, Connor Bedard in Chicago right now is getting, uh, getting a lot of play. Although... I, you know, people are upset because he, he, you know, he might have slapped for a pass too hard. Really? <laughs> uh, I don't think his teammates are going to get upset because he's, you know, hammering the ice for a pass. I, th- I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be fine. This is the NFL report brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Uh, we'll get to the oil report. Order's number one power play. Wants to get ready for the NHL season. The crazy part is, like, even if they just a- do what they did the last four years, average 29%, still going to be ridiculous. Like, 32.4, that's hard to match, baby. But if you look at history, the good power plays, they stay good. I don't see a significant drop-off. Like, they might, and I'm in quotations here, only be 30%. Right? I think their power play is going to be dangerous. But uh, look for them to be together Tonight, and we'll return on the Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. You know, I got into refing for the excitement. He's going for the chair! Turns out wrestling is completely scripted. But you know what's exciting and unscripted? PlayAlberta.ca. With an all-new sports book, odds boost, and betting on any game. PlayAlberta.ca. Go all in on excitement. Sign up today with promo code SPORTS50 and get a $50 free bet. Official gaming partner of the Edmonton Oilers. Remember, if you gamble, use your game sense. We return on a Wednesday afternoon. Welcome back to the Jason Greger Show. Presented by PlayAlberta.ca. I've noticed in the last 24 hours, people get really upset about someone having fun. Life's not, you're not allowed to have fun. No, 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 no. No celebrating allowed. Like, did you just, have you like, you lived underground? Or is this your first year watching sports, specifically baseball? Complaining about the Jays celebrating by making the MLB playoffs, which is a tradition that has happened now for decades in MLB. That's what they do in Major League Baseball. You get in the playoffs. Now, it used to be four teams. They've expanded it. I don't care. It's not like there's, well, only the top eight teams or four teams can celebrate. It's not how it works. It's a different sport. They have different rules. They have different traditions. 
Guess what? Arizona was the sixth seed. They celebrated, and they won game one. Toronto was the sixth seed. They celebrated, and they lost. Guess what? The celebration, absolutely nothing to do with it. And if you don't like it, fine. But complaining about it is moronic. It's happened forever. It has no bearing on the outcome of the series. Nothing. Zilch. Zero. Nothing. You're basically just exposing yourself as somebody who is either a fun sponge or doesn't understand the history of baseball playoffs. It's just that simple. I'm sorry. God, it's annoying. It's annoying. Let's get to the uh, oil report now. Brought to you by... Volvo of Edmonton. You know what is annoying? The deals you can get right now at Volvo. You want a new vehicle, a demo, or a certified pre-owned Volvo? You can get one for only 1.49% financing. It's a pretty great deal at VolvoEdmonton.com. Oilers taking on the Calgary Flames tonight. We are going to see the Oilers' top two lines for sure. We are going to see Nurse and Bouchard. We're going to see Stuart Skinner. And you're going to see, you know, majority NHL forwards for sure. You know, four of Fogel, Holloway, Ernie, Lavoie, and Yanmark are going to play. Uh, Malone and Peterson are playing because they're the third and fourth line centers with Ryan McLeod uh, not yet playing, although he did skate today. And then on the fence, we might see Cody Cece. He hasn't played a home game yet. But there's Deneen and there's Nima Linen and there's Gleason and there's Broberg and there's Cece. And uh, one of them won't play. Tyler Remchuk from uh, Owners Nation. Joins us uh, now. I know he's a huge uh, Jays fan as well. Like we'll get to hockey in a second, but is it is it just me or is the the whining about celebrating gone? It's like it's past the point of lunacy right now. Oh, I mean, part of it for me is like you can kind of tell who are the hockey fans who are just tuning into the end of the baseball season because oh, you know hockey always does that whole like our sports better kind of bravado like oh hey, come on you would never celebrate winning the regular season in hockey but you're right it's baseball tradition like think back to when that would have started and four teams in each league so eight of thirty were making the playoffs you had to win your division to make the playoffs like yeah damn right those guys were celebrating also. A 162-game grind is unlike anything else in sports in terms of the longevity. Two, three days off, only a month. I think those guys deserve to celebrate. Yeah. Now, the uh, the Edmonton Orders, uh, they don't want to celebrate anything. They'd obviously love to celebrate uh, in June of 2024, but it's, it's a long time between now and then. Uh, there's two preseason games left. Uh, you know what? There, there's really only ever been, I think, one job opening. And I still think there's only one job opening. You know, there's uh, Malone, there's Patterson. Some might say Malone's not really in. So there's, you know, there's Patterson and Ernie and Levon. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And some would say it's Lavoie's job automatically. Where do you stand right now with two preseason games? And do you think anything can change tonight or Friday as far as the 12th forward goes? 
I think things can still change just because I don't think anyone who's battling for that job yet has really grabbed the bull by the horns and really taken charge here. Like I would have loved to see Raphael Lavoie look a little bit more engaged physically, have a couple of like really dominant moments. I haven't seen that yet. I haven't seen Adam Ernie really look like he's wanted this job significantly more than anyone. No one's stood out head and shoulders above the group. So I still think there's an opportunity for even, I mean, we'll throw Lane Peterson in the conversation for one of those three to really do that in the final two games and, and change Jay Woodcroft and the coaching staff's minds. But uh, I'll be honest, it's been kind of disappointing to not be talking about an electric performance from Lavoie or a couple of really, really great moments from Adam Ernie. They've just been kind of ho-hum. Which is probably okay because uh, too often, uh, you know, hey, the Ty Ratty Award, Anton Lander, <laughs> Magnus, we've seen lots of guys. Heck, yeah. Dylan Holloway even a little bit last season, right? People get a, oh, almost too excited about a preseason, and then it's impossible to live up to because you're just not going to be in those situations. So I've actually liked Raphael Lavoie's game overall. He hasn't jumped off the off the uh, the sheet every time. We've seen his shot. He's used his shot a lot, right? He's yep. got the, the most shots per 60 of anybody who's played. I think only Fogle has more shots than him so far. So um, at five on five that is so i've actually uh I, i've i've kind of liked lavoie my question for lavoie and unfortunately you don't get to see it tonight because calgary's coming with more of an ahl lineup than an nhl lineup like it's that to me is the hard part that preseason now it's very difficult to really get a sense of what you have in a player because they don't get to see nhl players very often yeah, I mean, that's just kind of what sucks about all these teams doing eight preseason games is you never want to send your really big guns out on the road. I know the Oilers kind of did with Seattle, but it's rare. So it is a bit of a shame that, yeah, a guy like Lavoie hasn't gotten a ton of competition that's purely NHL caliber. It's been kind of a mixed bag up until this point, but I, I'm starting to change my mind a little bit on Lavoie. Like, again, he's been good. I think, you know, you could very easily give him that 12th forward spot and I wouldn't complain at all, but at the same time, I'm watching the quality of young players that are slipping through the waiver wire with Ty Smith and Jacob Bernard Docker. And I know they're D men and that's different because there's twice as many forward spots on a roster, but I'm kind of starting to think as this has gone along and as I'm watching the waiver wire every day that maybe you could sneak Lavoie through and let him go play in Bakersfield for another 30 games. Well, see, that's always the question. Right. And, and it's, it, it's a great conversation every year because well, I think it'll get claimed. Like people in Ottawa were freaking out yesterday. They thought mm-hmm. they were going to lose both of their two more young players. They lost none of them, right? That they both went through waivers. And so now they're in Belleville. And I don't, it's a good question. Like I look at Lavoie and I'm like, okay, six foot four, 215. There's not a lot of those guys. He can shoot that. Like he could really shoot the puck, but he's never played an NHL game. And so, you know, other teams have guys similar, not maybe similar size, but similar. And I just, I could see why Edmonton would be leery because they just don't have a lot of and it like if all of a sudden they lose two forwards to injury, they don't have a, a boatload of guys down there. Yeah, you would like to again, it's just such a shame that Lavoie isn't waiver exempt because I think that'd probably make this decision a lot easier. I think Adam Ernie might be a better fourth line winger in terms of the role you need him to play in that spot than Raphael Lavoie is, but do you want to run that risk of a month into the season? You're sitting there going, well, damn, Raphael Lavoie is an Arizona Coyote or a Montreal Canadian. We're sitting here with Fogel and Hyman or two of whatever out of the lineup. And, well, now we could really use someone with a good shot who could play 11 minutes a night for us, right? Yeah. Oh, 100%, Tyler. You're Joins us. Uh, Jay Woodcroft says the goalie battle is still wide open. Do you believe him? I think Jack Campbell's going to start opening night. I'm fully convinced of that right now. And I, my reasoning for it is, one, he's been the better goalie through the preseason games. He's been lights out in his two starts. And we know Jack Campbell at times in his career, not just as an oiler, but going back to the Leafs, the mental side of his game has struggled at times. It's a confidence issue sometimes with him. So I think it sends a really good message to Jack Campbell to say, hey, you played great in the preseason. And look, you get rewarded. You get the opening night start in Vancouver. I think it's also very easy to go to Stuart Skinner and say, Jack was great in the preseason. It, you're our guy. You're a guy. You're going to start the home opener with the Rock and Rogers place crowd, but we're committing to splitting up the workload this year. So in the first two games, you split it up. Jack Campbell gets a road start where maybe there's a little bit less pressure. You give Stuart Skinner the Saturday night home opener, and he should be more than thrilled to get that part of the workload. And I think it's a nice little hat, to, to, hat, hat tip to Jack Campbell to say, hey, look, if you play well, good things will happen to you. 
That's interesting because, you know, Skinner's first game, he was fine. He only allowed one goal. Um, you know, the Vancouver game, obviously, and although two of those goals, well, even three of them, I don't really fault him on it. Um, I still think like Skinner got the first of the two preseason. If I look at the way they're going, Skinner's playing tonight. I don't think they want to go 10 days before he plays again. And so that's why I think it's going to be Campbell Friday and then Skinner starts game one. And I agree with you that they split. I just have it the other way. Skinner won Campbell game two, which happens to be in Edmonton. And then, you know what? Cause I've said all along, I don't think it's going to be a 50 32 or even a 48 34 barring injury. Injury obviously changes everything, but I think this split this year is actually going to be closer to like 43 39. And I'm not sold that there's one guy for sure that'll be the 43. Yeah, like I, I would still lean Stuart Skinner just because of the sample size we got last year of him being a pretty damn good goalie throughout that stretch. Um, but I could very easily see a world where Jack Campbell takes over the crease and plays 75% of the games for a one month stretch at some point next season. We saw him last year, like in the playoffs, he looked good. I mean, it was all relief appearances. Woodcroft didn't give him a start. But remember that stretch in January? He looked really good. His last few starts of the regular season, he looked really good. Like We know this guy is more than capable of being an above-average NHL goalie. And I think last year, again, hopefully, mentally, he can just flush it. And the first sign of adversity doesn't absolutely sink him because that will be the next big test is what happens when he has a bad game. Does it snowball into two weeks worth of bad games? But I don't know. The, the preseason's kind of changed my mind and expectations a little bit on Jack Campbell and that workload. Hmm. Well, it'll be fun to watch. Uh, Ty, thanks for this. Enjoy the Jays game. Oh, yeah, I can hear the guys in the office cheering around the TV, so I'm very excited to get back to that. Well, uh, Biggio <laughs> got called out on strikes with runners on first and second. They had a long at-bat, but uh, eventually struck out on, I think it was eighth pitch of the at-bat. So at least the Jays had two hits to start the uh, the first inning, so their bats are a little bit more awake. For, although I thought they actually hit the ball okay, just didn't get any bounces. So we'll see how it goes. All right. That is uh, Tyler. Thanks, yeah, you bet. Tyler Ramchuk from Oilers Nation. The old report brought to you by Volvo of Edmonton. Uh, when we come back, it's our guest on Who Is It Wednesday. We'll give you some of the uh, hints again. He's a two-time Stanley Cup winner. Seven-time goal scorer. Spent uh, 13 seasons in the NHL, but has been around the NHL, involved in the NHL for decades. He scored the fifth most goals of his draft class. He signed an offer sheet that then the NHL actually rescinded because they said it wasn't legal. And he was a, a three-time 30-goal scorer and one-time 50-goal scorer. Who is it? Find out next after Connor Halley in a Sports Center update brought to you by Fountain Tire right now during the road ready sales event. You can save up to 25% off of select tires and a bonus of $50 off any service until October 21st. Book your appointment at fountaintire.com. Some restrictions apply. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 